Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Saft Podcast and as you know we have been continuing our discussion on the moral argument in this natural theology series and I am excited to be joined by my co-host Piyush. Piyush, glad to have you back on this episode. Thank you. Uh yeah, it's been a couple of weeks but uh, it's really good to see you once again. Um before diving in into today's episode, let's just look at a short recap of yes. what we did in the previous yeah. uh app so for those of you who are here for the first time i'd really uh, encourage you to go and watch our previous episode so you know that what's happening and uh, basically in this season we have started looking at the moral argument for god's existence now what does this argument state it states that in premise 1 if god does not exist then objective moral values and duties do not exist premise 2 states that objective moral values and duties do exist therefore god does exist so this is what we have been covering and we are looking at it so uh, there are two important terms which we saw over here right values and duties so jacob can you tell us what is the difference between values and duties yeah before i proceed with that i i noticed that you said in this ep instead of episode so i think speech has come to be one over by the gen z now because because there is a network lag between us when we record remote i can't jump in whenever he say something that i make a remark so i have to wait till he finishes and then come back and make a remark so anyway that's done moving on right values and yeah. duties um now understanding values and duties is very key to understanding uh, the whole argument because as you can see that the argument has values and duties embedded into it so here is the way to mm. understand values and duties so when we say values we refer to something's inherent worth right the inherent uh, i can't use value because that's trying to define value with using the term value but yeah worth is the best word i can use the inherent worth of an object an action something of that sort that is what we mean by value duty would refer to an obligation so as the word we we say right it is my duty to protect protect the country as a citizen of india duties always refer to an obligation it is expected of us i i ought to do it that sort of a sense so the best right. way to unpack value and duties is by looking at some examples so it is a good thing right it in his inherent worth there is good merit to me being a doctor there is a good value to it being a doctor is a good thing i help people and so on and so forth so it is a good thing yeah. for me to be a doctor but it doesn't mean that it is my duty to be a doctor now it is also mm. a good thing to be an economist a lawyer a speech language uh, therapist but you know we can't be all of that so even though right. it is a good thing to be a doctor a lawyer an economist a speech language therapist you know let's throw in the other desi favorite an engineer even though it's a good thing to be all of that it isn't wrong if we avoid being one of it so i can't be everything so i i'm an economist but therefore i haven't committed anything wrong in not being a doctor or a lawyer or some other alternative so this is the way to understand mm-hmm. the distinction this is the way to distinguish between value and duty value refers to something's inherent worth so we would use the term good and bad to refer to value and we would use the term right and wrong 
to refer to something's obligation it is wrong for me to do which means mm-hmm. that i should not have done it that is the way we even colloquially even in our normal terms we would understand the word wrong as well so right and wrong mm-hmm. would refer to duty good and bad would refer to value yeah. now in our common engagement we would use these words interchangeably and that's fine but in engage with the moral argument what we are to the distinction we are making is between value good and bad and duty right and wrong so value is about something's inherent worth duty is about an obligation obligatory aspect to it as well should i have done it must i do it do i ought to do it all of that value tells me about whether that thing is inherently good or bad now there will be situations in our life where we are confronted with nothing but bad choices all of the choices are inherently bad but the situation demands that you make a choice so there in those instances we can say that you haven't done anything wrong per se because you you just had bad choices there was no good choice to pick from you just had three choices and all three of them were really bad choices but you had mm. to make a choice and so therefore you picked one so in those circumstances understanding the distinction between value and duty would help us to navigate those scenarios much better but anyway we are focusing more on the the relevance of value and right. duty in the moral argument aspect yeah i mean when you were mentioning about this like i could really relate because when we like for myself as i have moved into the corporate field right now so i can see that there are certain situations when we have to take choices we are working under mm-hmm. different authorities yeah. we know that those choices are bad but we have to take one of them mm. so i think it's really common these days and a lot of us face such situations so uh, when we were talking about this jacob was this the case in sophie's choice yeah so i don't know where i first read about sophie's choice like where i read the whole scenario of sophie's choice um i don't know where it comes up but sophie's choice is a scenario where a, a mother has two child two children and i think it's in the holocaust nazi germany's um, setting where they are going to murder both of her children two young infants and so the mother is con- is given two options one is she can choose to save one of her child and the other will die so she can choose to save the eldest and the youngest will die or she can choose to save the youngest and the eldest will die that is first option choose one and the other dies the second option is that hmm. she can refrain from choosing so in the first option the as a mother it's extremely difficult for her to even come to terms with the fact that she indirectly even not even though she didn't kill off her other child but she indirectly gave way to the death of her other child it's an extremely you know difficult scenario to put yourself in and to come to terms with but the second yeah. option is to not do anything to try and keep your hand hmm. free from the guilt of one of your child and end up losing both the children so in those scenario in that scenario both the options are extremely bad extremely bad but if she picks the first choice and chooses to save one of her child we can't say that she did a wrong by making that choice right because in that scenario the value of both the choice are extremely bad so there we are able to make better sense of what she did and what she should have done and all of that by understanding the distinction between value and duty so i think this sort of example also would give us some more clarity on value and duty the purpose of going through yeah the distinction between value and duty is not to dive into the 
deep ethical questions of different scenarios where value and duty would contradict and as such the purpose of this is to better understand the argument so as we move forward we will understand this point of value and duty how it fits into the moral argument and we just gave these examples to make clear the distinguishing factors or distinguishing characteristics between value and duty but i hope that is that is clear right. to you peeshwas peeshwas as well yeah yeah i mean uh these these examples which we looked at and definitely from sophie's choice as well it's pretty much clear now what is the distinction between values and duties but uh, okay when we're talking about the moral argument we mentioned that objective values and duties mm. right so what does this objective stand for does it fall under the same bucket as subjective or is there some big distinction what is it right so you're right in the sense that objective and subjective would fall in the same um, same category in the same basket if i may mm-hmm. uh, but they are also different it is sort of like well india and bangladesh would fall under the same basket in that they are both nation states uh, democratically elected governments and so on and so forth but they are also yeah. very different from each other so in the same sense objective mm. and subjective would fall under the same category so it is values and duties on one side and then objective and subjective on the other side so you don't say objective versus values you say objective versus subjective but there is another set as well which is absolute versus relative now we won't be getting into that because that is not relevant to the discussion so maybe if at the end of the episode if there is time i make i can just maybe gloss over what we mean by um absolute morality and relative morality and so on and so forth okay so coming to the point mm. objective and subjective are opposite each other they fall on the same basket now peer before i explain objective versus subjective what do you think objective morality or subjective morality uh, could potentially mean and then maybe i will uh, explore it further okay um so if we if we break down the words hmm. uh, so subjective comes from subject right right, right. yes so what uh, like as far as i can understand is subjective uh it revolves around the subject itself hmm. and uh for example uh, you are like for example me myself i am in a certain situation hmm. and uh, i know what is right in that situation in subject to that situation hmm. so according to that i will decide whether uh, this is a uh subjectively i mean the choice which i make in that situation that is going to be subjective but then uh objective i feel it is the one which is universally true right which stands mm. in all cases and which is uh actually uh, in reality it is true did i right yeah you you, the, you started the, off yeah. you started off quite well when you said that subjective is centered mm-hmm. on the subject uh but then again what happened was you mixed up the objective versus subjective with the absolute versus relative part and that's fine that's a mistake that i made when i was okay. initially learning as well so i think it makes sense for me mm. to distinguish between these four because when i learned initially also yeah. i thought relative was equivalent to subjective and absolute was equivalent to objective so in the objective versus subjective um let's say juxtaposition in that basket the key focus is on me the subject right so an example would be the preference for ice cream so i prefer vanilla and i think piyush i think you prefer what 
butterscotch no you prefer chocolate right yes chocolate yeah, yeah. so i prefer vanilla you prefer chocolate now i would take one scoop of vanilla and i would say this is really good this is way better than chocolate you would take a scoop of chocolate and you would say this is way better than vanilla now for both of it us is. yeah sure fine <laughs> now for both of us when it comes to deciding on the the worth of one, one scoop of chocolate it is dependent upon both on each subject's taste and preference so i would value a scoop of chocolate way less because it's not dear to me i don't i don't like it so i don't care uh, i'm not interested to buy it but for a scoop of vanilla i would i'm willing to pay much more than i would pay for a scoop mm-hmm. of chocolate are you, are you tracking with me yeah yeah so here the value or not the value as in good and bad but the monetary economic uh, rupee value that i would ascribe to that particular scoop of chocolate is based on that scoop of ice cream is based on my taste and preference so it is based on the subject me so i would up uh, i would cherish vanilla more you would cherish vanilla less so there our taste and preference the subject's taste and preference are fundamental but when it comes to the amount of calorie sugar fat all of that is included and is part of that scoop of vanilla my taste and preference are irrelevant to those objective hard cold world of numbers so it doesn't matter how much i love vanilla ice cream a scoop of vanilla would have let's say 100 g of fat i think that's way too much for a scoop of vanilla but for the sake of the example so there yeah. it is i can't say that because i so dearly love vanilla ice cream that a scoop of vanilla ice cream has less than 100 g no that can't be the case and you can't say either that True. because you prefer vanilla way less that a scoop of vanilla would have way more grams of fat than it actually has so in that case the focus is all is on the object so my taste and preference okay. for my liking of a scoop of ice cream is dependent on me the subject so my taste is subjective but the calorie content the health aspect of it the nutritious aspect of that scoop mm. of ice cream is objective it is based on the object the caloric value of the scoop of ice cream so that would be the distinction between subjective and right. objective now are you tracking with me yeah okay now let me clarify between absolute and relative absolute and relative the focus of the distinction between absolute and relative is the surrounding or the circumstance the setting within which these situations occur so an example would be taking someone's life now we would say taking someone's life is relative it is relatively wrong what does that mean well if you are a soldier who is uh taking down a terrorist okay you are taking someone's mm. life correct but in that yeah. circumstance that would be a noble thing to do you are defending innocent lives and therefore you are taking down a terrorist life so there taking someone's life would be morally supportable but if mm. you are a serial killer and you are taking someone's life in that circumstance it is morally reprehensible we won't stand by and support it so the very act of taking someone's life which is why we say when we talk about uh, especially and i hear this especially when it come up in in settings of uh, do we go for war just war theory pacifism and the whole dialogue about guns and military and all of that in the west they refer to 10 commandments it says thou shall not kill so they clarify saying it is not thou shall not murder thou shall not kill 
which means in battle you mm. kill but when you take an innocent life you are murdering someone so we we make that very clear right we don't say soldiers murdered yeah. terrorists we say the soldiers killed yeah. two terrorists that's because we it is relative to the circumstance human life is lost in both situation but it is the very circumstance within which the action that takes place that is telling us whether it is the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do and so on and so forth so if when we say something is relative in this sense it is dependent on the circumstance if you say something is absolute then that means it is independent of the circumstance in both okay. these cases we are not talking about the preference of the subject or the object we just talking about the circumstance within which the event or action takes place if something is absolutely wrong then that means no matter what circumstance what situation demands or brings forth that action it is mm-hmm. absolutely wrong irrespective of the circumstance okay. relative would say it is relative to the circumstance and so on and so forth objective would say something is right wrong good bad irrespective of the subject because it is based on the objective subjective would be true it is right wrong good and bad based on the subject um now the the cause for this confusion is that when we talk about relativism in the world out there and how people understand pluralism of religions and so on and so forth we use the term relative to refer to in as far as i see or in relation to me and sort of we club subjective and relative together but in in navigating this discussion it is it's quite helpful to understand the the distinction between objective and subjective on the one side which is centered around the subject and absolute and relative on the other hand which is centered around the circumstances now you're also right to point out in saying that if something is objectively wrong then it is universal now universal in the sense that if something is objectively wrong then irrespective of what anyone else out there thinks any human thinks mm. it is objectively wrong so in that sense it is universally wrong but let's make sure not to club objective and absolute so yeah. we we covered four terms i think there's a very uh, narrow wall between the both of them right? yeah 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 it is yeah uh, okay since in this uh, argument we specifically we are focusing on objective uh, moral values and duties right so if something is objectively wrong hmm. can you tell us to what extent is it wrong okay here's an example You and I both agree that the Holocaust mm. was an abomination. It was absolute pure evil. Right? There are many instances of genocide that happened in the world. The Boko Haram, uh, the genocide of the Armenians by uh, the neighboring state of Turkey. So many instances of genocide. Even as you speak of Uyghur Muslims in China, so many of that instances. So let's pick up just one, one instance. Holocaust, absolute pure evil. now when we say if you and i stand up and say the holocaust is objectively wrong what that means is that we believe when we say holocaust is objectively wrong we believe that even if the nazis were victorious in world war 2 and brainwashed everyone living on the face of the planet of the earth to say that the holocaust was right it would still be wrong or it's only mm. nazis who are living on the planet of the earth they killed off all the non nazis and everyone so it's just nazi aryan race surviving on the planet of the earth and they're all pro nazis neo nazis all of that even if that is the case the holocaust would still be wrong if you and i believe that the holocaust is objectively wrong but if i say that the holocaust is subjectively wrong then if the nazis take over the world and they brainwash everyone then the holocaust becomes right it is not really wrong 
so when we hold that whether you and i hold that or not or if if humanity says that the holocaust is objectively wrong if you ask a person do you think the holocaust is really wrong what they're saying is that yes it is wrong even if every single person on the planet of the earth says it is right even still then it is really objectively independent of what any human says wrong so that is the extent of what we mean by something is objectively wrong or right or good or bad okay um yeah i think uh, that's pretty much clear and uh, with that we've come to towards the end of the podcast so in the upcoming episodes we'll be looking at uh, you know how objective moral values and duties fare under theism and atheism and uh, before closing i would like to cite a quote which was cited in uh, lewis walpert's six impossible things before breakfast uh, so here it goes there is at bottom no design no purpose no evil no good nothing but pointless indifference we are machines for propagating dna it is every living object sole reason for being this was said by richard Do- uh, dawkins yeah that's a wow it's a, a very gloomy picture that really yeah. i know yeah i mean when i read this for the first time it really blew me off but uh, we'll talk more about it in the upcoming episodes i really encourage all of you to go ahead and uh, follow us on social media so that you stay updated to what's happening at saft and uh, you can even sign up for our monthly newsletters so that you can get monthly updates of uh, what's happening here and uh, there are some more important details which you'll find in the description like uh, if you want to be a part of our team if you want to uh, you know like uh, if you have been gifted with the talent of graphic designing or video editing you can definitely reach out to us at uh, ankitnayak@saftapologetics.com and uh, it's, it's ankit we'll get back to you ankit@saftapologetics.com yeah right ankit at saftapologetics.com sorry that's the that's the drawback of having multiple email ids <laughs> at different domains <laughs> okay so uh, that's all from uh, our site today and uh, we'll see you in the next episode till then stay safe and take care thanks for tuning into saft podcast where faith and reason unite to equip seekers like you If any of today's conversation struck a chord, share the knowledge to help others on their journey. Join our community on Facebook, X, Instagram and YouTube. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. Your feedback fuels our journey. Dive deeper with our free ebook at ebook.saftapologetics.com. For more about our team and our passion, visit saftapologetics.com. Saft equips believers to defend their faith Anytime anywhere